Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Dave Greenberg isn't supposed to be working today, but when a colleague asks him to cover an overtime shift, he agrees. It's not too surprising. Dave loves helicopters, rescue ones especially. I'm just one of those lucky people that really believed early on that I was put on this earth to help people and to be in the emergency services. And and I never gave up on that. And yeah, and then created a life that um, I'm jealous of when I look back on it. Dave's day begins with a 5.45 a.m. phone call. A Blenheim patient needs a transfer to Wellington. The weather isn't great for early autumn, with low cloud and poor visibility, so Dave and pilot Harry Stevenson agree to wait for daylight before taking off. But seconds into the flight, they're radioed about a search and rescue beacon that's been activated in Pukerua Bay, northwest of Wellington. An Air Force Iroquois is missing. The band of seven Wellington, the city of Wellington's own, and Hawke's Bay Battalion Group, marching off down uh, Lambton Quay. Sorry, no appearance by the Iroquois helicopters, but the cloud cover has dropped in very low and maybe there were safety issues there. In fact, even as New Zealanders are gathering to remember soldiers who had died in service of their country, new names are about to be added to the list. Despite that low cloud, a trio of Iroquois helicopters from Number 3 Squadron have taken off from RNZAF base Ohakia that morning for the dawn service flyover above Wellington. One of them, though... NZ-3806 is unaccounted for. Four crew are on board. Dave and Harry need to decide what to do, and fast. You're better off making a pretty good decision with 70% of the information than a really good decision with 100%, because if you wait for 100%, usually it's too late to do what needs to be done in an emergency. In a fast-moving helicopter during a rescue a hundred things are happening at once and you have to react to the the important ones. We said we would accept the job because we would be the closest helicopter that would be able to respond in a timely manner. But we also had a belief that there really wouldn't be a helicopter missing because inadvertent activations of beacons happen all the time. So we were relatively confident it wouldn't be a real job. After a few minutes flying north, they pick up a weak, broken signal. Dave's gut instinct, honed over two decades of rescue work, begins troubling him. Usually when you thought something was going to turn bad, it did. And it just had the feeling of a job that was going to turn to utter crap pretty quick. More information came in that it had been three helicopters, one diverted to Wellington, one had gone to Paraparam, and there was a third one that was missing. From that point forward, we pretty much knew it was a real job. Dave's crew had trained with members of Number 3 Squadron just a few months prior, and he's certain he'll know some of the missing crew. And a possible helicopter crash is just a little too close to home. Anytime it's an aviation accident, it's a little bit more difficult to, um, to comprehend it all or, or to think about it just because we are in the same business and any other day, you know, it could be us that the beacon's coming off from. But it's a combination of the adrenaline going up, um, 
having to totally change your mind frame from we're going on a straight A to B job to now we're in a search. We're searching for a missing helicopter. We have people on board the helicopter that can't be there, namely the doctor and nurse. The weather wasn't great. There were just a whole bunch of things going on that Harry and I started to discuss. And we just had to change configuration of the radios, con our own mindset, and just reminding ourselves about the change from one job to the other. After offloading the medical crew at a landing site in Pukerua Bay, Dave and Harry followed the beacon signal east to a ravine. It's tricky, dangerous flying. There was just some low cloud hanging right over the ravine where the signal was coming from. And there was just no way to get into the ravine safely because we couldn't see our way in. And we were just flying around looking for a, a gap in the clouds so we could get in. And it, it felt like hours, but it was only a few minutes. A gap opens up and they begin easing into the ravine. As Dave later told RNZ's checkpoint, they were only able to fly from stand of trees to stand of trees. Slowly and carefully, as the uh, cloud was slowly dissipating, we were able to work our way up this gully and track the signal. While we were doing that, we spotted one of the crewmen off the Iroquois that was still flying, um, that was looking for them, had dropped off one of their crewies who was actually making his way in by foot to try to find the, um, the crash site, if there was indeed a crash site. He was making really good progress in some pretty rough terrain. And a minute or so later, we, we spotted the wreckage and were able to um, point the guy on the ground to where the downed helicopter was. Oh, it was a mess. The main body of the helicopter was upside down. There was wreckage scattered for uh, hundreds of meters. And uh, we could see at least one person who was at least unconscious. We couldn't identify if they were unconscious or deceased. We didn't think it was survivable. It didn't look like anyone could have. Uh, it was horrible. I could feel it now as we're talking. It just goes through my whole body, this, um, this uneasy feeling about it all. On the ground, Flight Sergeant Darren Smith swiftly locates three of the crew and begins searching for the fourth. He was very clever in the way he did that. He rang, Steve, as it turns out, Steve Cregan's cell phone, and he heard the phone ringing about um, 20, 25 meters down, down the hill. And he found Kriegs alive, really badly injured, but braced up against a bush to stop falling down the hill any further. Sergeant Cregan had suffered injuries to his face, spine, chest, lungs, spleen, legs, ribs, shoulder and shoulder blade, as well as his hand, knee, eye, teeth and brain. But he had been in a safety strop. He removed himself from the helicopter. He put one of the others at the scene into the recovery position, and he also turned on that, um, that person's emergency locator or personal location beacon. So he, without any memory of it, he just went into automatic mode and did everything he could to assist, um, assist the one person he found. He's and then, yeah, in my mind, he's definitely a hero. Dave and Harry are at Pukurua Bay when news comes through that there's a survivor. Hurrying back to the crash site, they winch paramedic Pete Collins down, who swiftly puts Sergeant Cregan into a harness. When Dave has finished bringing him up to the helicopter, he has to resist an urge to hug the obviously grievously injured airman. Instead, they fly him to a waiting ambulance, 
Not long after, word comes from the crash scene that there are no more survivors. All the hope that had built up in those few minutes at the um, at the landing site just got popped when we got word that there were no other survivors. The bubble burst right then. For us, the next step was to assist the police getting in there in Air Force and do some more winching to help guard the scene because it was now potentially a crime scene. Everyone gets busy doing what they need to do because sitting around and thinking about it doesn't help. Flight Lieutenant Hayden Madsen, 33. Flying Officer Dan Gregory, 28, and Corporal Ben Carson, 25, were all killed in the crash. Flight Sergeant Darren Smith, who had run uphill through heavy bush for nearly two kilometres to get to the crash site, and who would remain there with his mates until police arrived, would later be awarded the Distinguished Service Decoration for his extraordinary performance of duty. A few days later, Dave Greenberg was at Ohakia for the funeral of the dead airman. The three bodies arrived together at Ohakia in three separate Iroquois helicopters for the military service shortly after half past one. Service personnel carried the caskets across the tarmac as the sombre strains of a lone bagpiper rang out. Once inside, I'm just getting the chills through my body as I think about it, just hearing the thumping of those blades coming in and the caskets being removed from the helicopter. Comfort us today and in the days to come with the great power of your love as we mourn the sudden and tragic death of Hayden, Dan and Ben. New Zealand has lost three fine servicemen and families have lost a loved one, a partner, a husband, a son, a brother, a mate. Your loss is still raw, so you need to know that New Zealand grieves with you. We're also conscious of Sergeant Stephen Cregan, Kriegs, who is recovering well in Wellington Hospital. And from this service, we send our greetings and our blessings and our prayers for a speedy recovery. It was one of the most emotional funerals, certainly, I've ever been to, but one of the more emotional things I've ever been involved in. A military court of inquiry later blamed an Air Force culture of rule-breaking and inadequate training for the 2010 Anzac Day crash. In a private prosecution taken by Sergeant Cregan, the New Zealand Defence Force pled guilty to failing to provide a safe workplace. Dave Greenberg and Stephen Cregan have since become good friends. As Dave says, on any other day, it could have been Steve winching him up from the wreckage of a downed helicopter. It's a very bonding experience. It's certainly one I'll never forget. This story was produced by me, Justin Gregory, and I'm no relation to Flying Officer Dan Gregory. We used archival audio from Natalnga Sound and Vision to make this episode of Eyewitness. The engineers were Blair Stagpole and Adrian Holley. Subscribe to every Eyewitness podcast at iTunes or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And while you're there, please rate us. That way more people get to hear about Eyewitness. If you like stories about history and controversy, then you should listen to Black Sheep, a podcast series from RNZ about the shady and sometimes downright villainous characters of New Zealand history. Black Sheep is produced and presented by William Ray. Join the herd. And if you have stories you want us to tell, email us at eyewitness at radionz.co.nz. Kakite anō. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. 
Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.